At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey guys, it's Sean here to introduce another bonus episode of Real Blend, a very special interview that we got to do with Phil Lord and Chris Miller on behalf of their Apple Television Plus show, The After Party. Uh, Kevin and I have been big fans of this show. We've been sort of tracking the episodes all the way along. Really, really funny ensemble cast. And of course, you know, great work by Lord Miller. Uh, Chris Miller ends up becoming the, the director on all eight of the episodes. The finale dropped uh, recently. They gave press the first seven episodes, and then we were wondering what was going to happen with the finale. And if you don't know, this is sort of a murder mystery comedy uh, told from the different perspectives of the different guests who are attending a high school reunion. And in the finale, we were going to figure out uh, who the killer was. So Lord Miller were coming by. They also agreed to talk about some of their other projects. And you know that we're super big fans of everything that they work on. So we wanted to talk to them about this show and then about some of the other things that they have cooking, including across the Spider-Verse. But what's funny is along the way, uh, Kevin was talking with Ben Schwartz, friend of the show, Ben Schwartz, who is also a member of the After Party Ensemble. And he said, hey, can I come on and surprise those guys uh, as part of the interview? And of course, we were like, yeah, that's fantastic. Like that would make for a really interesting interview dynamic. And uh, so you guys will get to hear, uh, not see, unfortunately, uh, how we were able to bring Ben Schwartz into our interview with Phil Lord and Chris Miller. I do want to make a note if you're watching this on the YouTube channel, this was an uh, an audio only opportunity that we agreed to. So while you will see uh, Kevin's beautiful face uh, and my very, very handsome face, uh, you will not get to see our guests. But we still thought it was a, a cool enough uh, opportunity for us to get to sort of interview Lord Miller about the finale of their uh, amazing show on Apple TV and then to bring Ben Schwartz into the conversation uh, and see all the directions that that goes to. And I want to mention that as part of this interview, we're going to be diving into full spoilers for the after party, not just the uh, season up until the finale, but we are going to discuss the finale and specific details about the killer for the show. So if you haven't seen the after party and you still want to know how that plays out, uh, on your own before diving into this interview, you have been warned there are full spoilers ahead. Uh, you guys are going to like this one a lot. It's really fun and very, very funny. It is uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller with special guest star Ben Schwartz on Real Blend talking about the after party. Chris, I want to start with you because I'm, I'm a big fan of title sequences, um, and mm -hmm. I think they're really important to a show. They set a tone. Um, and I noticed in different episodes, you'll start it at a different time. I think episode six and even the finale, the title starts right away. Then you go mm -hmm. into the show. Um, how do you decide when to pop that up, when you're going to start it, and kind of how important is that title sequence to you in terms of your tone? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I completely agree with you. Uh, we, we care a lot about title sequences, and, uh, and we uh, have been working with the same group alma mater that did a lot of our end title sequences for uh for a lot of our movies they're great collaborators and uh and they always uh help uh make the thing feel interesting special unique and let you know like that we care <laughs> which i think is the most important part um as far as where it goes in the in the episode it was really about you want that title sequence to make you excited and to launch you off and go like, okay, here comes the story. 
and so in each episode is his own little individual snowflake unicorn. And in mm. some of them, there is a moment where you go where it's got a little preamble before the story gets going uh, that just to set up the world that we're in. And other ones, it kind of just jumps right in and doesn't take a break for any second. So you just want to find that moment where where it feels like it'll have the most impact and go like, all right, here we go. And that's where it goes. And so you want to be able to be flexible and not have a rule about it. That's sort of our, our point of view on that sort of thing. And Chris, if you don't mind, before Sean goes, um, uh, Pemberton, obviously one of my favorite uh, composers out there. I, mean, I think he did he did a brilliant score for Steve Jobs uh, for Danny Boyle, mm -hmm. which I thought was it's incredible. my favorite score of his. Dude, Although Phil, he said it, his favorite score is Spider-Verse. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I, I remember hearing a story that Pemberton, like for the Steve Jobs score, I think he recorded each decade or each year on a different um, technical thing. Like you think he's like, like uh, cause I think the DP on that movie shot 1635, then digital as it got created. It's so cool how they did that. But the yeah, Pemberton Daniel, score. Daniel talked about it, that he talked about that score as three scores. Oh, it's so cool. That's but why yeah. we had to up the ante and make him do 10 different scores on this show. <laughs> Not to be outdone. Exactly. Yeah. Top that. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> All right, so I want to get to the idea. We're talking to you guys. Obviously, the finale is uh, arriving for some people. Um, some of us have been lucky enough to see it. Um, and with the, the way that the show is structured, obviously, the identity of the killer is something that keeps you going from episode to episode and keeps you with the show. Um, I know, uh, Chris, you've talked about the fact that this was a feature length screenplay. So I'm just curious if your killer was the same when it was the screenplay. But also, since you're such a fan of murder mysteries, at what point in the process do you determine who the killer is? Do you do you come get to that pretty early on and then backfill? How does that structure sort of work out? Mm -hmm. It was Jasper all along from the very beginning. Um, and hmm. I mean, maybe other people, other people do it another way. But the only way that makes sense to me is to start at the end figure out who did it, how and why, and then work your way backwards and figuring out how to obfuscate that to the audience. Um, I think if it's a thing where you're sort of setting up a story and then midway through figuring out who the killer is, I, I suspect that wouldn't be very satisfying to the audience. Mm. Um, so it's all, uh, it all has to be figured out like a very precise piece of clockwork uh, in, order to, in order to feel the most satisfying. And I think the, the key is that you want to feel like, oh, I should have realized that I should have noticed that. And if I was paying more attention, I would have figured it out myself. Uh, that's when it feels the most satisfying. And in in, to me, in a murder mystery and all the ones that we love, that's that's like the, the best feeling. And, and is it does, true that you told ben all the cast? Oh, I'm sorry. Did you tell all the cast members when they came on board that they were potentially the killer? No, that was like oh. a little uh, a little thing we threw some chum in the water to make people not know who it was. The gotcha. truth is that I e emailed Ben and told him, here's the concept of the show. Your episode is a musical. You're the killer. Don't tell anyone. Uh, also, <laughs> can you sing and dance? Question mark. Uh, and uh, and and then he he did. He didn't tell his girlfriend. He didn't tell. His agent, he didn't tell anybody he was the killer. They were all incredibly surprised. 
That's incredible. I, mean, I, I always love that. I always love hearing. I've heard stories on other uh, projects where they won't tell the cast, which I always find really interesting as well. But, um, you know, we we having you guys on our show is a big deal because we're a big our, our, our audience are big movie fans. And having you guys on was a big deal. So we reached out to our audience and we asked them to send in some fan questions. And like a lot of the questions that we got, you know, were obviously for a lot of your multiple projects. But the one question that I was really excited about came from this person that I was like so excited to talk about because this particular question is something I actually wanted to know as well. And I was finding that to be a really cathartic thing and watching the questions come through because they were all questions that we as fans want to ask too. Um, and I believe that person is here and we're going to oh, try wow. and br bring them in. We, 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 oh, we wanted to it. try and give them uh, access to you guys to, to try and ask a question. So I'm hoping they'll pop up here shortly. I hope this is um, uh, uh, one of the cast members in character. <laughs> there he is. Oh, hey. uh, hi. Hi, hi, everybody. <laughs> I literally thought, I was like, I know who this is going to be. Oh, hello. First off, uh, member of the fan community. Huge fan of uh, the duet TikTok phenomenon. That's half the reason why I'm, I just want to chat with you guys today is the, the duet phenomenon on TikTok. People going crazy for it. Sean's talking about it. Kevin's talking about it. It's basically the it's future of everything. Um, <laughs> I have a question for uh, Phil. I have a question for Phil, then a question for Chris, if that's allowed, yeah. Kevin. Yes, well, sure. Ben, please. Yeah, I mean, honestly, please, you know, please take over. as many questions as you want. Welcome, okay. stranger. Phil, when um when you were when we were filming uh, the after party, you were you were writing um the sequel to an Oscar award winning film, correct? True fact. That's a true fact. Well, so while we were filming over here and giving notes, you would then you would go over to a tiny little thing by yourself, and one might even think it looked like a Tim Burton movie that you were a, a lunatic <laughs> going to a different place in a shadowy corner at three in the morning and start. It typing. doesn't just look that way, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> so but yes, but one night we were shooting, mm -hmm. uh, and and there was. Uh, I believe a fog machine <laughs> on set <laughs> to make things extra spooky for Ilana's episode. And um, because of social distancing uh, and mask fatigue, I would go off in a field by myself and type scenes for across the spider verse in the, in the dense moody fog. Oh, Ben, did you sneak over and kind of get a little, Yes. So the thing that I read was he literally would just be writing what is happening. So he'd write Spider-Man goes through a dense, spooky fog. And I was like, yeah. that's the only way I can write. No, yeah, I need to be no, there. Sorry. I need to experience it. Phil Phil, when Phil did one of that fam one of the when Phil wrote that famous scene in Spider-Verse where uh, Miles is diving down and all the buildings are around, he went on sure. a, a bungee cord. Yeah. With a laptop attached to him. And he was going like this. <laughs> going well, it's more, that's close. But what I actually did is I had Chris on the bungee. Mm -hmm. And then I was in a helicopter sort of observing him. Trying right. to see how he <laughs> they say write what you know. And that's he takes that very literally. Yeah. By the way, I, I know this is only audio only. So this is luckily we can ask this without spoiling anything. But uh, we're burying the lead here that Ben, you have, I have, did you I get have a, a lot bunch of tattoos. I'm very tattooed up for He's very committed to his tattoos. next part. Oh, <laughs> yes. These You're are doing Chris McKay's too. movie. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Right. Yes, a friend of both Phil and Chris. That's right. Um, Chris, may I ask you a question now? 
Oh, please. Free cheese. Um, my, my question is, uh, and this is, this is something pertaining to the after party the television program, the limited series on mm-hmm. Apple TV Plus. On Great. Apple TV um, Plus, yes, of course. Yeah. Is there, and everybody knows who did it on this or no? Yes. Uh, except for you. You're the only one who might not know. Oh, wait, am I allowed to talk about it or no? Yes, you are. Yeah, that, yeah this, this is the spoiler. This is after um, the finale. Why did you... Is there a reason why you chose Jasper to be the killer? And also, is there a reason why you chose the person that did the musical to be the killer? Also, Phil, you may you may be a part of this process as well. Uh, and like, is there a reason why it was that per- why that person from the beginning? And did you pick that person from the beginning and then write around it, or did you, as you were writing, being like, you know, might you know, it'd be fucking cool if we that person was it? I think questions. Chris was um, attracted to the idea of uh, the curly haired. A talkative friend of the main character <laughs> being a murderer. Why on earth would he? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what goes on in a man's mind. Uh, yeah, secretly a psychopath. Interesting. You'll have to ask Chris. Uh, no, I. Uh, it, it was Jasper was the killer from the beginning. And uh, and it seemed fun to have that character be the most joyful, the most silly, the most ridiculous, the person that you would uh, least suspect to be uh, have it in them to be a killer. Um, when we you know when we started developing it further and realized that we could really push the style differences between the episodes and the fact that Jasper you know wanted to be a musician it made it very easy to pick uh, that as the musical and it also just doubled down on the sort of joy and sweetness that would hopefully like throw you off the scent that you're like I don't know about this and you know we wrote this I wrote this with you in mind uh, um, I don't know if I ever told you that the movie um, version not the movie version the movie version, uh, I have anybody in mind, but when I was adapting Eric it. Eric Stoltz. For, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Eric Stoltz, exactly. Great. John. Um, they actually filmed scenes with Eric Stoltz. Yeah. That footage will come out years <laughs> later. A long time. A long time ago. But when, when, uh, when we was figuring it out uh, as a musical and as a, as a series, um, you were the person that I had in mind when we were writing it. We were sort of writing it to... Oh. You. Um, this is, I mean, that's a, I mean, to the actor Ben Schwartz. Uh, and, uh, and so I, cause I thought what's great about you is that you're really a positive, joyful person in real life. Uh, and you like exude like silliness, but people don't realize that you have like some incredible acting chops and a lot of gravitas. And I think they might not uh, suspect that you, could have that level of gravitas to pull off uh, a murder. And oh. I think that's what's uh, really fun for people is to, uh, is to sort of see that gear that you have in the, in the finale. And if they don't know you well enough to go like, Oh my God, I didn't realize uh, what a, what a, what a great actor he also is in mm. addition to being hilarious. Well, I did. I, was shocked. I saw that Zemeckis <laughs> movie about uh, walking on a tightrope, the walk, the yeah. walk, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I watched that, and I was like, "Ben's really good in this." <laughs> I, you're, it's amazing that you saw that. 
I did. <laughs> That's actually what I met Ben. Ben, you and I met on that mo- on that junket, uh, which is a God, it's amazing the filmmakers you worked with. But while we have you, uh, Sean, you got to ask about this episode. It's the well, best. I episode. did, yeah, because yeah. I I Thank have been gushing. Is very kind. That's it, very. It, it is. I'm much, so glad we made that happen. That's actually really beautiful yeah, that you guys beautiful. got to share that. So, um, yeah. Ben, you've obviously you have experience working on sitcoms, and you know this is still a 30 minute format, but. I would assume that when there's musical numbers and choreography and and all the stuff that goes into just the preparation of this one episode, it has to take an insane amount of work uh, in addition to all the other stuff that you're prepping. So if you could just give us some insight into the work that went into that episode in particular uh, and, and learning those songs and the choreography, because it was it's mind blowing to me that it's, you know, just a, an episode in the middle of a of a stretch run when it should be its own thing that's kind of pulled out and celebrated. It's also to to Phil and Chris's credit. It's also if you guys saw the time constrictions that were made to do these things like each each of those musical numbers should be a day and a half each two days each something like that. And and they had a half of a day or a third of a day here. And we have to do three dots in three. uh, Chris did it in this beautiful way where it's like three different one shots and everything and so many things have to go right in order to make it happen that uh the constraints on the crew which the crew was amazing and also like i'm talking about a, a carl who lit the whole thing it's extraordinary every episode has a different lighting thing and then even going as far as the a camera operator is neil bryant who has to be on a steady cam for so much of all that stuff it's pretty it's pretty remarkable um, but for me, it was, I got it. Uh, Chris sent me an email uh, explaining that this is, hey, this is the show. We're interested in you doing it. And um, your episode is going to be a musical and also you're the killer. So my first email had, <laughs> I was the only one, I think I was the only one that knew right at the beginning. Yes. Uh, yeah. The other yeah. people found out uh, when they read the script. And then uh, when we're doing press, I had to watch how everybody else answered their question and copy it. So I didn't obviously. So they're like, so how'd you find out? And I was like, yeah, that's well, Sam and I found out the same way. So Sam, you say it. And like Sam starts and I'm like, and we got and we found out through the episode. You know, um, but so I had to record my songs. The first thing we had to do is record our songs. And we had very little time to do it because we were about to start. We had to record it before we started filming because all the choreography revolved around all that. All the camera movements Chris is doing revolves around. All the lighting, yeah. everything revolves around that. So we recorded that first and got Fiora Cutler, who is an incredible vocal coach, and Kat Burns, who is an incredible choreographer. So that in itself was very scary and intimidating, but Chris made it very welcoming and easy and acting as if it wasn't a big deal, which was one, like everything that needed to happen to keep me like not freaking out. <laughs> he did an incredible job. Um, and Chris, and Chris that, what amazes me about it, too, is that the lyrics of the songs further the plot, which yes. is not easy to do at all as a songwriter. Yeah, that's the I mean, like John LaJoy, uh, who like worked on those songs, uh, you know, with us and the, and the writer of that episode, Jack Dolgen, who you know, came from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, you know, did an amazing job of making it funny, making the songs good and also driving the story forward. And, you know, we that's that's the dream when you're coming up with something like this and we in you know in the writers room we had sort of figured out what the three songs would be about and what they needed to do for the story and um and then for them to come together so great and have them be funny and not just sort of like uh, a side trip but actually mm-hmm. essential to the plot mm-hmm. was uh was like it actually it actually worked uh, so <laughs> I'm, I'm was, glad we was, cut that fourth song, though. <laughs> yeah, like the, I'm, I'm the killer. 
Yeah, that would have been too early. It was like a West Side Story, I'm the killer thing. (laughs) (laughs) Spielberg and Kaminsky stopped by and they shot that real fast. There's a lot lot of this with with Chris and Phil in frame being like, he is, he is. He is, he is. I just want to throw people off the center. Like, well, he obviously isn't the killer when they're telling us very directly. We figured we'd throw everyone off the scent. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, all right, so here's what I want to bring up because I find this really interesting. Chris, what you just said about Ben in terms of like the different aspects of his acting that were kind of found out in what you were doing with the story. Because to me, Ben, you know, I've been talking to you for years. You're one of the best actors working today. I've loved everything you've done. Um, And Chris, I wanted to send that back your way because the genres that you've mastered here in this show, I mean, just show obviously your range as a filmmaker as well. You and Phil, I mean, obviously you've done action. You've done a lot of different genres in your career. 21 Jump Street is still one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, so I wanted to play with this a little bit. You directed all eight episodes masterfully, and I wouldn't change anything about it. But because they are genre specific, I was wondering if we could attach that a master filmmaker to each episode that you would have had directed it if you couldn't had. Um, and I was wondering, like, if we could go through each one, you have the romantic comedy, you have obviously the different genres, then who would you have chosen as a producer if you weren't able to direct? So the first episode, the romantic comedy, who would you have brought, like, as a producer, who would you bring in? Oh, man. I mean, that is, uh, um, that is a tricky one. I mean, like, I think, I think of Nora Ephron, uh, oh. we talked about who the people we talked about and how, and their style of shooting, um, for each, each piece, you know, we talked about a lot of the various, you know, Hugh Grant, uh, films, but I think Richard Curtis, maybe I would yeah. say, uh, is oh. a real this like a fantasy, phenomenal. this is like a fantasy draft situation. Yeah, yeah, like we're doing a fantasy draft. An actual person situation. Yeah, like a person, this is not the person who we could actually get to do it, but the, in the dream universe, we're like, yes. hey, you want to direct an episode of television? Fantasy uh, draft. The fantasy draft. I guess I'll go with Richard Curtis then. Um, I'm going to throw a curveball out there and say, this is, um, is uh, Alice Wu? Oh who yeah, did the half of it last year. A That's movie a that made me cry start to finish. There you go. <laughs> it also made me laugh. What about our action episode? Maybe some John Woo. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you can get John Woo uh, to show up, uh, oh. no one, no one's going to be sad about it. I, I, that's you. Uh, <laughs> that's gonna. Like, there's nothing going to beat that. And then the musical one. I mean, I don't know who you bring in for that. Like, I mean, no idea. Ben, any any suggestions on who you think could have pulled that off as well? 
Who does music? Who's like a famous I mean, musical? You know who, uh, uh, my, one of my favorite movies is Pennies from Heaven. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, um, there, are, there are two directors this year of musicals, uh, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda and uh, Steve Oh, Gilbert. yeah. They both are, they're both yeah. have, have some chops. <laughs> Either of those would work pretty well. I mean, I could slum it with one of those guys, I guess. Yeah, I have uh, one question that's kind of for for the room and, and really, you know, Phil and Chris can speak to this because you're juggling both. But we talk a lot about on the show the pros and cons of um, content going to streaming versus the two hour feature film. And with this project, I find it's interesting because if it was the two hour feature film, it would have been something totally different. And it feels like when you guys expanded into the series, it allowed you guys to get as creative as possible and add a lot of the things that when we watch it are like, oh, my God, that's so them kind of thing. Right. Like they brought all these unique aspects to it. So I guess the kind of question is, why would you guys ever go back to a 90 minute or two hour format huh. if streaming hmm. allows you to have the, the room to breathe and to focus on characters more? I think it just depends on what story you're telling and what, you know, how long it wants to be. Mm-hmm. I shudder to think of Across the Spider-Verse being eight hours long or <laughs> although it's approaching that. Uh, I, would watch, right I would watch every minute of it, Phil. Every yeah. single minute. Don't, of it. don't, don't tease us. Yeah, I mean, we do need to sleep. Uh, but, you know, every, I, I think that, um, you know, it just depends on the story. There's some things that, like, I think the after party really benefited from um, from from growing in length. So you could spend not it's not that it needed more plot. It just wanted to have more time with all the characters, you know, and yeah. and, and developing yeah. it, it, them and getting a chance to get to know everybody really well. Yeah, it really oh, got to be like a character piece of, you know, like eight different little moments. And in the feature version, like some of the people got short shrift and you didn't get, you didn't really get behind them as much as you wanted to. But I do think I agree with Phil that, you know, you kind of want to go where the story takes you. And and um, and some types of stories are more of like a, a world that could be an ongoing series that doesn't have a, a clear ending or doesn't like like that feels like it wants to be opened up into a, a streaming thing. But there's a lot of stories that that uh, you know that when you like investigate, you're like, no, I think the best version of this is a two-hour movie. <laughs> well, I, I mean, we're we're gonna sh- um, present a movie called Ongaku at the at the Cinematheque at the American Cinematheque uh, over the weekend, and that movie's 72 minutes long, and <laughs> it's perfect <laughs> at that length. That's awesome. You know, um, I, I know that right now we are, but we have like five minutes left. You guys have other press to do. Ben, I, I you're, Ben's in the middle of shooting. I want to thank Ben, by the way, for doing I'm this because he's in the listening. middle of shooting. I'm, I'm psyched to just. Uh, I to just listen. I pre- appreciate you being here. I'm going to ask Let's you thank two, Chris uh, McKay also for giving us yeah. a little bit of time. Yeah, Absolutely. thank you, Chris McKay. <laughs> All right, I'm going to hit you with two quick questions before we go. Uh, the first one's this. Um, I always find this interesting because generally in your career, Phil and Chris, uh, you've directed together for everything on a, on, a, on a major feature level or um, and, and series as well. Uh, this one, Chris, obviously you are directing on your own. And I find this really fascinating because I think about the Coen brothers a little bit um, over the years. And you think about directed by the Coen brothers, and then sometimes you'll just see Joel Coen. Um, I just wondered, Chris, for you and for Phil, for you, what it was like emotionally not to direct together. Like it was, uh, mm. you guys worked together for so long 
Uh, and I know, Phil, obviously you're on the project. No question whatsoever. Your 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 DNA is all over it. Um, but I just wondered, like emotionally for each of you, how strange was that? Was it strange? Did, did you like doing it that way? <laughs> I personally, I found it very relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't really that different is the truth, you know, because, you know, Phil was there on set and Phil, you know, and and. He was a, a creative collaborator, like always. It was a situation where, you know, this was something that had been in my head for a decade. And so it made yeah. sense uh, for me to direct. But the crazy thing about what we're doing is all film, all television, it's the most collaborative medium. And mm. everybody is is contributing. Like Ben contributed so much to the show and so many, you know, ideas and, and uh specificities and things in every scene you're you know you're starting with a place that you think is good and then you're just taking whatever you can to make it better and so um you know it's a it's a real team sport um no matter what the what the titles are and so these things you know we don't and we don't really believe in the auteur theory we you know we we really believe that all of the crew members are filmmakers and there's a lot of creative decisions from you know like the prop master and you know the costume designer and everybody gets involved in going like oh what if we did this and if it if it's right for the project then then you want to be open to that sort of thing so it really wasn't that different uh, from our usual process you know it was like slightly different but really it was very familiar all right can, last I also, thing is- can i say one thing real quick one of the things sure. is uh Exactly the same, the, them being collaborative. The other thing is Phil is really there. I remember when we're, I, I would ask them because uh, uh, Phil and Chris have been, you know, like sometimes they'll be in interviews and they'll be like, who are your top five directors you want to work with? And Lord and Miller were always on my uh, top five for animation purposes. And then we fell out. Purposes. We fell out. <laughs> so we fell out after this project. They're down to like top, they're like <laughs> past 50 now. <laughs> uh, but but there were, like Phil is there pitching ideas. They're also, but I'll say uh, this is one of the first projects where, when let's let's just uh, when Chris is directing, it felt like I was playing with somebody as opposed mm. to someone like, you know, kind of telling you it felt like it was such an exciting feeling because it almost felt like when you're with an improviser on stage and you're creating something together. Obviously, Chris and Phil have complete control of the project. They're steering it where they want it to go. But it feels like you're creating together. And it's a feeling that makes the actor excited and makes them feel even more like they're worth, you know, you just feel like, and, and I felt so invested. Like I really wanted everything to go well. I just really, cause like you want everybody to succeed, but also because they're like, it's just like, they believe in you. It makes them, it's such a silly, it's like, feels like a Disney movie, but it's like, it feels like they believe in you. You know what I mean? And um, be, that belief drives you to be as good as you can be and collaborate as hard as you can be pitch things be okay. If they're like, that's not right. And then, you know, like, and all those things. But it was one of the first times ever that the director felt like a performer with me. Not that he's like saying waka, waka, waka on stage, but in that we're, <laughs> we're literally, it felt like we're creating something together. Uh, it was a really, ex- like I, anytime, I mean, hopefully this isn't the last one, but anytime they would want to do anything for the rest of time. It's just, it was one of my, it was one of my happiest experiences uh, being around people that are brilliant and also just being directed by people who are good people who cared but also they love, they fucking love TV and movies and creating and characters. And they love all the nerdy stuff that everybody on this podcast loves. Uh, so it's like um, all that stuff was very, very exciting and um, 
And it, it, I remember literally after, I remember after we were talking about the finale, after that finale thing went, and I was like, oh, are you, I was like, I really wanted that. I was like, are you happy, Chris? I really wanted that to go well. And then he goes, he goes, yeah, I wanted that to go well too. <laughs> <It was> a, <laughs> he's like, yeah, we needed that to go well too. It went great. Thanks. <laughs> it was a very, very generous of you, Ben. It's a, it's a good note. Uh, I think that, that I find it very moving to hear you say that because I think we have, we, we work really hard and it's really important to us that people feel free to create on our projects and on our sets and that they feel safe to make mistakes and 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 bring their whole creative selves to the project you know because mostly because we are selfish and greedy and want that on screen <laughs> we need it but 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 we also want everyone to feel like they're you know they're they're able to to bring themselves to it freely and 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 uh, I'm, I'm glad that at least in this one case it worked <laughs> well we know you guys like have a, a ton of session yeah we know you guys <laughs> yeah. have so much press to do and we cannot thank you guys enough for taking the time we are enormous fans of of all three of you guys and uh this was this is terrific the after party is terrific everybody knows that it's great the finale really Amazing. delivers and uh we can't wait to see all three of you guys collaborating again sometime soon so thank you so much Thank you, you guys. Thank you guys. Thanks, guys. We love Your you guys, treasures. Ben. Thanks for coming on, man. Chris Phil, thank good to see you guys. Thank you, Kevin Sean. Thank you. We want to thank Phil Lord and Chris Miller, and of course, special guest Ben Schwartz for coming on the show. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as we enjoyed conducting it. If you're watching us on YouTube, uh, please go down and hit subscribe and turn on your notifications. So every time a new video from the Real Blend podcast channel drops, you guys will be the first ones to come on over here and listen to it. If you are listening to us on an audio feed, thank you so much for supporting the show. Make sure that you share it with a friend so we can continue to grow the Real Blend podcast out, grow at the entire listening family, and we'll be back very soon. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently, so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done.